1: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page, appreciate it if you like and follow also join our discussion group on facebook called after the shadows we have a twitter feed please follow us on twitter it can be found with at underscore from follow us on instagram at from the shadows podcast we have a youtube channel go to the search bar of youtube And put From the Shadows Podcast And please subscribe to that channel We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network And we can be found there At odyssey1.com We're still on the traditional Podcatchers That everybody loves to listen to us on We get a lot of feedback So please rate the podcast And communicate with uh, Whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher TuneIn, Apple Podcasts Podbean or Google Podcasts. We're there and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks, and thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the From the Shadows podcast, and I am your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super producer, Jason.
1: How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Greetings. And
0: if you can hear the background, we're, we're here live at our... S- special studio deep in the heart of suburban lanes in Besiris, Ohio, you know, so home uh,
1: away from home home
0: away from home. Like we, every once in a while we got to take Jason out. He needs, he likes to hear, uh-huh. hear the the sound of bowling balls and strikes and spares being picked up or missed. And, you know, it just kind of, he looks over at the sign that there's karaoke on Friday night and he wishes <laughs> he could come back and do his best Barry White and, and, or Isaac Hayes. I think he looks he looks a little bit like Isaac Hayes. Can you do the theme from Shaft?
1: No, I can't
0: unfortunately.
1: He's <laughs> like shut up man. <laughs> if if I could, we'll we'll do it and put it on the YouTube channel. <laughs>
0: I'll do Barry White and you can do Isaac Hayes. All right. That'll work. <laughs> well, joining us tonight is a a very special guest um and I think he's probably going to, you know, just from the some of the stories he's telling us before we came on. I think I think everybody needs to pause right now go get some popcorn go get some potato chips find a nice comfy chair you know maybe a big glass of pop or something you know something that you can sit back and enjoy uh, enjoy these stories that we're going to be told so joining us from deep in the heart of North Carolina is Jonathan Jonathan how's it going all
1: right man how are y'all doing we're we're doing good. thank you. We're Sounding doing good.
0: yeah we're, we're, <laughs> we're really uh, really excited to uh, to have you share some of the stuff that you've been sharing with us with everybody that's listening. so do you want you want to kind of tell, uh, tell tell our listeners what, uh, yeah. what, what what your story is you know why we have you on here
2: My first memory, I think, uh, was of me, uh, sticking a coat hanger in my mouth and yanking on it and creating my first temple. And I remember Paisley wallpaper. And then that was the, that was, that was my first, that was my first memory. But pretty much every memory after that is, uh, being surrounded by spirits at night before I went to bed or right when I, as I was going to bed and going to sleep and, um, I used to have night terrors as a child, um, and this went on for a few years. I would actually wake up and wake my parents up and I, actually I wouldn't be awake. I wouldn't even remember what happened. And, you know, my parents would just tell me, well, wow, you know, you, you got up during the night and you were saying, help me, help me, help me. And, you know, you wouldn't calm down until you got in between us or whatever. I was just like, well, I I didn't know how to explain what was happening, you know. And, uh, as I got older, um, I dealt with some mental health issues. But I think too, as as we get even older, you, sometimes you realize that it's not so much mental health issues; it's misdiagnosis of just emotional problems at the time. Um, but I I was institutionalized three times as a teenager. I had uh, ten different mental illness diagnoses by the time I was eighteen years old. Um, and I was doing drugs, you know, throughout those years, and still seeing spirits and having problems in school and so on. And uh and uh, gosh, at nineteen, I had a stroke. Um, and it was a mild stroke, it wasn't, it wasn't debilitating, but it, it definitely, uh, you know, I could feel, uh, blood pumping in the back of my head at the base of my skull when it happened and, uh, blood pressure was through the roof. And then it took, I had some cognitive disabilities, you know, for the next few years, um, just understanding things and comprehending things, and, you know, but nothing super major. Um, I actually got into school and, and, uh, did horticulture and, uh, finished that best i could but as much as i needed to and started my own business and um from there you know just i've I've had a lot of major spiritual experiences in my life um i'm a witch i've had several initiate what are called initiation periods where you'll be you'll encounter a, a certain type of spiritual entity which will appear to you and they'll stay with you for a week or two sorry i got some noise in the background here too um, it's not they as cool. Would it's not cool
0: as a bowling alley, though. I'm just telling you. Yeah, no, no, it's not.
2: <laughs> never here. Uh, There's nothing but dump drugs here. <laughs> but um, and anyways, I had several initiation periods, and I, these entities would come to me, and they would spend time with me for about two weeks, and I'd have to go through these lesson learning periods. And naturally, i I'd say, you know, well, I dealt with mental illness and so on like that. Um, I've never had a hallucination in my life that wasn't induced by drugs. Um, I've, I've never seen something that wasn't there, um, I've actually had witnesses to several of my experiences and I've been having experiences throughout my life and they're just people in this world that just tend to be
0: batteries to the paranormal and I would uh, I would agree with that totally now and now that, before we get too far, let me ask you is was this stuff so crazy to you that it like it was the cause of maybe some of your mental illness and drug abuse? I mean, you, know always...
2: what's you know what's crazy is the older you get, the older you get, the more you look back and realize that that's not the crazy thing; it's the human reaction to it all. Yeah, and that's... having to deal with the judgments um, of humans, you know, of other humans, um, and realizing that you're more a part of something that is kind of not of this world. It's actually closer to the earth than we know, but um, it's not a part of the world that we know that humans have created. You know. Um, so for me, that was, that's kind of, as I'm getting older, you know, that, at first, yeah, you see it from that point of view that you were saying that, oh, that was, was it, you know, causing the problem or whatever. But I mean, as I'm getting older, I see a point to it all. And I see less of a point to, uh, the criticism and questioning of humans, you know, the paranormal as far as, uh, I guess when the questions are rhetorical. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yes.
2: You know, People just want to come in and they make their judgments and they already have the answers before they ask the question. They have the answers they want, you know, and, they, and they're stuck with those answers for the rest of their lives if they choose to be, I guess, until they have their own experience. Um, but for me, I mean, it's just been a no, it's it's so normal. I, I live in a haunted house now and the experiences I was having as a child, you know, that might have contributed to night terrors or I'm now like seeing the same thing and just saying good night, good night. <laughs> love you good night
0: oh, did you choose you know, to it, did you did you choose the house or is the fact that you're so open both Both? okay
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it when i came here it it uh, somebody a good friend told me about it and i caught it right when it opened up and uh what's great is my rent is really cheap and i've, I've been renting the same house for 14 years so they haven't really gone up on my rent for much <laughs> but um it's it,
3: you
2: know especially in this area but uh uh, one of my friends uh, heard about it and she, she told me called and told me about it and I, I caught it, you know, on a whim and I came here and when I came here I felt stuff touching me on my face. Uh, and I can't the only way I explain that is when I get touched on the left side of my face. I usually describe that as being feminine or female related. Um, so that's just you know, that was to me was a sign like this is the place you need to be. Plus it had a creek and And I later would find out that there's probably an Indian burial mound, native, excuse me, native burial mound back here. Um, And and there's just, there's spirits, and there's not just spirits here. There's elementals. There's, I've had what I believe was a little person run across my floor. And when I say little person, I don't mean a human. Um, But it it was kind of like a toddler ran across my floor at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I had an ex-girlfriend here, um, and she actually heard it too. And she'll say to this day, whatever it was, it was on two feet you know, um,
0: did she become an ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend because of the thing running across the floor at <laughs> four o'clock? In the morning? No, no,
2: no, okay. no. That's a whole other, <laughs> <laughs> a whole other, I could, I could write a book. I could write a book on my physical life alone okay. <laughs> and leave out all the paranormal stuff. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, She and I are actually still kind of off and on friends. (laughs) As much as we can get along. But, but, but she will say to this day, yes, that actually, she, she used to say, I was full of crap. When I tell her the house is on, she'd say, Oh, you're full of crap. You're full of crap. She's one of those people. You know, and then when that happened, she was like, you know, okay. And to this day, if I tell that story and she's around, she'll say, Yeah, that actually happened. (laughs) I was there. But, uh, Anyways, I've had random events like that all my life and then leading up into this home and and, and then uh, having several initiation periods since around age twenty, where I actually had basically what were several pagan goddesses appear to me and um, and then I've had some other deities that were male and I had a uh I had what I thought was a demon appear to me for almost a, gosh I think it was like ten days. And it looked a lot like what the, uh, the German, the, the Krampus. Oh, or the Krampus oh man. Yes. Yeah, and, it's, and when I say appear to me, these are things I see in my mind's eye, but they come with a presence. And the vision keeps representing itself. So it's not, it's not a part of imagination. It's really hard to explain when you're a medium because I'm basically a physical medium, you know, and I, I get images from spirit. I've been talking to spirits all my life. I've actually given readings for people and stuff like that, but it's just not something that I want to revolve my life around to the point that I'm that's how I'm making my money and so on. You know, I really want a normal life too. I want both, but I want a balanced, you know, life. But, uh, anyways, uh, the further I go into the story, I'm going to tell you that's pretty much all I've ended at this point. (laughs) But, um, so I just I feel the need to tell you all these things because it just seems like it's been a build-up to, you know, to some of the experiences I'm having now, which I want to go ahead and move into. Um, my first Sasquatch encounter, although I can't say for sure it was a Sasquatch encounter, um, was that I was at a certain place um, on a pull-off at the Scenic Highway. And uh, anyway, I was, I was there for other reasons. I was there because uh, UFOs are known to present themselves there. And um, I'd actually seen several lights, and I'd been hanging out there for actually two or three years. And prior to this, I'd gone through a breakup, and it was the relationship that I thought was going to be the one and everything. And and I mean, for after th- three years later, I was just completely aloof, you know, just not really knowing what to do with my life, you know, not suicidally depressed or anything, just not knowing where to go. And uh, so I just, I would go out to this place, and I would watch for these UFOs or these ghost lights or whatever. There was all kind of... You know, activity there. And several people told me there was a Bigfoot there. Like, you would meet random people there. Um, not anybody I knew. I'd just meet them there and they would be a new person in my life, you know. But um, some of the people I met there said, well, you know, there's there's Sasquatches around here and they tell me stories. And I just kind of, you know, blew it off and said, well, I guess until they present themselves to me, I don't know. I'm, I'm this kind of person who stays 50 50 because obviously I know what I've been through. So I can't just blow people's experiences completely. Um, and then, Over the years, uh, I know two or three different times I'd be sitting talking to people in the parking lot, and we have little rocks thrown at us. Nothing big, just little ones, like something trying to get our attention. And I I remember stopping a guy mid-conversation one time and saying, do you realize that a rock just got thrown at us? And he said, yeah, and then he got up and started looking around, you know, like, where did it come from? Together we did this, you know, and then another guy. I was sitting there talking. To I let him go on for probably about 10 minutes before I said, you do realize that we just had something thrown at us, right? And he's like, yeah, I thought we did too, but I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> um, so little experiences. Now, the bigger experiences that were before I had my actual major experience before I knew what I was dealing with, I would hear trees uh, either falling or pushed over in dead calm. And over the first two, three years that I hung out in this area, um, I heard about seven trees pushed over. And they would happen at the strangest times, like when a car pulled into the parking lot or something like that. And one time I heard what sounded like a boulder come crashing down the mountain. And I never saw these trees or anything, but they would be, they were so loud that they would echo the entire valley, and my adrenaline would be pumping for a good 30 minutes. And I just knew that something was, being a horticulturist, being someone who's been, who has a college education for horticulture and understanding the physics of trees and why they fall as far as diseases and pest infestation and so on and so on goes, or environment, whatever. Um, I I was stunned. I was like, I don't get this. I don't see how, you know, seven rotting trees just happen to fall when there's no wind and be that huge and that loud (laughs) all at the same time. It didn't make any sense. I mean, these trees literally exploded, you know. Um, So anyway, I, I remember one day I was up there. And um, one night, one evening, and some bear hunters drove by. You're not allowed to hunt in this area, but you're allowed to run your dogs. And um, bear hunters are allowed to run their dogs there. And um, they drove by. They drove by in a truck, and they drove by in a gator, and they were playing the radio in the gator. So you can kind of hear it flare, and That's kind of, for people that don't know any better, that's just kind of like an ATV with a roof over it. And uh, they drove on by and i I thought i was hearing their radio still playing but i was hearing what i realized i was hearing two people or two somethings talking and the truth is it didn't sound human and it wasn't a human language at all um and it just kept talking and it went on i don't know how long it went on before i finally said something oh i I remember i froze for three seconds i was so scared and i don't get scared i mean i've already seen so much you know I've, i've dealt with demonic stuff i just I'm used to this kind of stuff, but this was shocking. This was new to me. It's like, where is this coming from? What's happening? And so I froze for three seconds and then I, then I actually got the nerve to speak up and I said, keep talking. I'm listening. And then it stopped. And I think I heard it go on for a total of 20 seconds is what it was. Cause I remember counting. I said, what is this? And I try to, I try to be hyper vigilant and, you know, do little things like that. Um, but that was a singular incident, and there was another night there that I was just standing there at the same place where the UFOs are, and then a, a loud branch snapped near me. And I turned around, and, and a branch that had been 35 feet up in the air that was you know, green is all get up, uh, just snapped, and then come down. And I, to this day, I don't know exactly what caused that. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on, August 2nd, 2020, I go to the same place. Um, it's the night before full moon and I got a little bored and thought I might do a tree knock and, and, uh, you know, I have a piece of wood I keep with me just for fun. And I did hit a tree a couple of times and I think I might've done one whoop or something like that. And I've done this before and I just usually don't expect anything because nothing ever (laughs) happened. So no matter where I've done it, you know, I've done it. I've never had a Bigfoot encounter before this date that I was aware of for sure. And, uh, Something started going crazy on the embankment behind me. Within 20 minutes of me being there, and it went—it went so crazy. I mean, it was breaking branches, snapping everything. I, I was scared to death. I was shaking. I finally turned my car around. Instead of watching for UFOs, I'm now watching. I'm now watching the embankment behind the parking lot where I'm at. I'm turned around completely. I'm standing in my driver's side door. I've got my keys in my right hand. I've got a huge, you know, police mag light, uh, flashlight in my left hand, and I'm hollering and yelling, you know. And usually, because usually when I yell, if I hear a big animal, it makes it go away. And I'm a singer, so I can project my voice, man. And uh, I was hollering and yelling and screaming. This thing just kept getting louder and louder and louder. It never came out of the trees. I never saw it. It just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to leave. And I go to my only, you know, I go to the well, and I'm like, well, what can I do here to not have to leave this place? Because I'm very stubborn. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more—I'm probably more stubborn than a Sasquatch.
0: <laughs> That's probably being, <laughs> just, being stubborn. Probably is the worst quality to have when you're going cryptid hunting. I'm just going to throw it up. <laughs> well,
2: it, it can be, but it, it, this night it wasn't. Yes. And I, I basically I started singing first, and I sang three songs. And uh, it stopped it stopped going crazy, and it got calm while I was singing. And as soon as I stopped singing, it started up again. And I, And this went on let me, let me be clear. this thing went crazy, like was going wild for 45 minutes. So basically it was bluff charging me for 45 minutes, okay? And it's snapping branches, it's doing things that other animals don't do. And uh and it's big and it's loud. I mean it's it's three hundred pounds or bigger. I'm I'm a hundred yards from it, so I don't know exactly and it's in the trees, you know, and it's late August. So there's plenty of foliage on the trees and so on. And uh but anyway I uh I sang to it and then it, it calmed down for the three songs I was singing and then once it stopped or once I stopped it started up again and then I literally yelled at it. I said, Hey, I'm not your enemy I said, if anything, I'm your friend. I don't have any weapons, you know. I said, I love this place. Please don't run me off from my favorite place. I literally said those words. And it got quiet for about two to three minutes. And then I heard two tree knocks. And I mean, they were just as clear as day. I've gone on to realize that tree knocks could be vocal clicks or palm slaps to a tree. So it may not be that a Sasquatch is actually picking up a limb and hitting the tree, although sometimes I believe that's what it is. But I believe it varies, you know. But I heard two tree knocks. And even after that, I was able to turn my car back around, and I stayed there that night until I was ready to leave, and I didn't have any more problems.
0: So do you? So do you? Uh, so what do you think? Do you think it?
2: Let then, me let me tell you this. Okay. Let me tell you this because I need to add this to the story before okay. I forget okay. it. Okay. The next for I decided at that point that I pretty much knew what it was, but I was going to go with I don't know what it was. I called uh, someone from the nearby park service. A wildlife specialist and uh, they had to take my number and he called me back and I told him what exactly what happened I talked to him very cleanly not overexcitedly, excitedly just like I'm telling you right now and I said I don't know what it was I didn't see it and we went down the list of all known animals in this area from bear to boar to uh, possibly even panther although they don't they won't admit they're around here um you know just uh, I said could it have been a, an elk that you know went crazy or something He's like, no. He's like, there's no animal that would bluff charge you for more than maybe five to ten minutes without actually coming after you or going away and losing, you know, losing interest and going away. And then I said, uh, and then he said, well, I said, okay. But he said, well, I've I've gotten panther reports before, but I've never gotten a Bigfoot report before. And that's when I got him. And I said, I never said Bigfoot. You did. <laughs> and he got quiet. After that.
0: <laughs> so do you think he was lying about that? <laughs>
2: No, he didn't act like it at all. This is a wildlife specialist. But but I mean the fact
0: that he's saying, even bringing that up, it's almost an admission that he realizes
2: they're
0: out. He listened to me like
2: he would listen to me like I was. Yeah, exactly. He listened to me like I was being honest. But I don't think he. From what I could tell, I don't think he realizes that they're out there. Um, the way that I realize
0: they're out there. Well, what I wanted to ask is. so you, you were allowed to stay, okay? Yeah. Do you believe? Okay. I've, been going, I, I've been going back. I got recordings. I've been talking to them. Well, so what I'm asking is, do you do you think they understood what you said, or the manner in which you said it, or do you think there's? Well, that's what you, I'm
2: getting. I'm I'm to the point of telepathic communication with them. That was family number one. I'm way past that now. And when I say these things, I'm going to have to say that, that this is mostly theory. Okay. But the results I'm getting from my relationships with these creatures is extremely profound. And, and, yes, this what seems to be telepathic communication, same thing I would do with a spirit if I was communicating with a spirit or listening to a spirit. They work in images. So when you send a Sasquatch an image in your mind, he can pick up on that. You know, so if you send him peaceful, like if you're going into a new area and you send him peaceful, loving messages, and I, I do a lot of other things. I sing to them. I'll play instruments for them. Um, you know, I'll give them apples and treats where it's legal for me to do that because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not legal to feed wildlife on federal land, you know, right. things like that. But, um, just where I can, I do what I can where I can for them. You know, and what, and then I have to work with the environment, of course, because sometimes they're much further away from me than I'd like for them to be when I'm communicating with them. It's really hard to pick them up even on recorder. Um, but yes, there's, you can communicate with these creatures. You can do it on a physical level. You can do it with knocks and whoops. And if you notice, and what I've noticed too, is that they, that's, you know, their biggest form of communication. When they're up close to each other, they talk to each other just like humans do. And mostly if there's humans around, they're going to talk in a loud whisper. If they're in a place where they think humans could be around, most of the time they talk in a very loud whisper. It sounds like, I told you earlier, it sounds like two Tasmanian devils talking like a male and a female. Um, If there's a baby around, you'll hear like that. And there's something similar to that. And I call that chimp chatter because it sounds closest to a chimpanzee. And then, of course, you hear. Now, What's interesting is I've heard recordings from other places of uh, whoops that are like whoop or something like that, you know, that actually sound like full on uh, chimpanzee or, or some other kind of call. And uh, and when I hear them, um, I just hear short, quick whoop, whoop. And I used to go out in the woods and I'd do those long whoops and they never respond to me. Now that I'm doing, I learned to do the shorter whoops from them. Uh, actually, they're the ones who talk. And when they started showing me how to do that, then I've started going out and doing that, and then I'll start getting more responses, at least around here. So they may have different ways of speaking to each other in different regions. And I've even wondered that if if a male comes from another region, he might have a different language than the female, the mate that he ends up picking up. And they may just work that out later because some of these couples talk more. Some of these families talk more than the others. And I wonder if they're trying to learn each other's language you know, or communicate certain things to each other. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah, That's
1: an interesting theory right there.
2: Um, but it's, it, and that's what I'm doing. Oh, by the way, I'm taking primatology and conservation, um, under one of the world's leading primatologists. So I am, you know, factoring all of the actual science into this as much as possible. And really when I study Bigfoot, when, when something happens, there's a couple of things I've learned, uh, from studying like primates, non-human primates, uh, I noticed that the Sasquatches a lot of times when it rains, they would get really still. And so I looked up do gorillas like water. And, uh, and then of course Google popped up and said, no, gorillas don't really, they're not natural swimmers. And when it, when it rains, they tend to sit still until it stops showering. And now what I've noticed with the Sasquatches is if it rains for, you know, a couple of days or whatever, they'll start getting active because they're just getting annoyed. (laughs) You know, you can just feel it, you know, because they're just, they're wet all the time. But, uh, uh, also, though, I have noticed um, I was actually out at that first place I was telling you about where the UFOs are, and I was out with a crowd of friends, and we were all staying in the parking lot semicircle talking, and it was a, a light rain. There wasn't enough to run us off, but all of the Sasquatches were quiet. And uh, the two girls, there was two girls that were younger in their 20s, and they were giggling and giggling and giggling. And all of a sudden, we just have this little rock come flying and land right in the middle of all of us. Every single one of us saw and heard it at the same time.
3: <laughs> just... <laughs>
2: We knew it was there, and we knew it was for them because they were being loud and annoying. <laughs> but that's just, that was just, you know, the Sasquatch's behavior at that time was just to say, hey, it's raining, we're quiet, we want you to be a little quieter, you know. Um, or maybe they were just messing with us. You, you can't, you know, I do have to say this, we're really, really dealing with theory here, and I have to admit that 100%. You know, I, I can't know things for sure. All I can know is trial and error. You understand what I'm saying? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, yeah
2: there's not, there's not a definitive line of, you know, them, they know English and they're talking back and forth, you know, to me in English. Um, that's just not happening. So I try to, uh, when I've seen that there are Sasquatches around farms or something like that, I, if I, if I end up in communication with them, then I try to let them know not to hurt any human animals and they'll be fine. They won't have any issues with the humans. And, um, and that, that seems to work. And what I do is I imagine, uh, you know, what they do, uh, Sasquatches put X's out for boundaries, which is another thing I need to get into. Um, but I imagine an X over all human related animals, such as pets and livestock and so on. And I'll send that picture to them and I'll, and then I'll send a picture of, you know, but all wild game is yours, you know, and then, uh, and they seem to go with that. Um, maybe they already had that down pat before I came along. I don't want to take credit for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they had that understanding before they came along. But I have heard stories, you know, of people that fed sasquatches, um, and then the sasquatches, like the people got out of town, the sasquatches ate the whole farm or something. Um, oh I don't
0: yeah, know I've heard I've, I've heard those stories too. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And,
2: but all all those stories that I'm hearing are not true for me personally. They're not happening in my experiences, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying they didn't happen. To, I'm not saying they're not true at all. I, I, I believe they're possible, but I believe a lot of it has to do with how you treat uh, a non-human primate. And one thing I don't do is I do not feed them meat because I don't believe in uh, in re- them relating me to meat. But if I them fruits and vegetables, you know that's different. They don't see that you know so hard as a necessity. I don't think. And another thing is. <laughs> Humans have pretty much been tricked, to believing, tricked into believing that we need as much meat as we do, and this is not. I'm not a spokesperson for peta. I eat meat, so just to be clear, you know, I don't. I want to separate myself from that. But um, we we really don't need that much meat. There's a there. A, a, gosh, I want to say it's in Vietnam. There is a, a you know a group of people that live in Vietnam that that only eat meat twice a week or something like that, and they live. They're some of the longest have some of the longest lifespans
0: in the world for humans. You just you know, totally lost uh, Jason. He eats a hamburger three times a day.
2: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, don't. Hey, I had two hamburger patties earlier today. I just I skipped the bread, but uh, but no, I, I ate meat. No, it's it's not about that. But what I'm trying to get to is that um, when you study primates, you realize they don't eat a lot of meat. non human primates don't eat a lot of meat. So a gorilla that's 400 pounds, you know, and is all muscle and could rip you in half. Um, it doesn't really eat much meat at all. They eat mostly grubs and foliage and roots and things like that, and bark.
0: Which is amazing you know? and, to think that you could build muscle mass like that. Oh, yeah. With, well, it's in their genetics. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. in their genetics. It's all it is. It's in their genes. And that's why no matter how many steroids we use we will never be as powerful as they are. We just don't have the genes.
0: So, um, so, do you, so you, so let's, I want to ask you about, so you've said you've how many different families do you think you have identified since late last year? Then,
2: yeah, I, I know of I know of six, since. and I think they're all related.
0: Yeah. Now what? Now how? What distinguishes a family unit to you that you are able to say? Okay, a group
2: of them, a group of them, um, at least separated by at least I don't know, ten to thirty miles. Okay. So if they're in groups separated by at least ten to thirty miles, then that, that's what I would consider a family unit, pretty much. So and what if, happens is you, you, you might have you might have one family that has a lot of uh, let you say this, a lot of um, sperm that produces females. Uh-huh. So if you have that in one area, you might that might attract a lot of transient males to the area.
0: Tell me and about it. I do- have three daughters. Okay. Tell there you me. go. There you go. <laughs> okay. I, totally, I totally empathize with the <laughs>
2: The only difference is when these when these daughters reach a certain age, I believe the, the father and the mother kick them out. They're like, you got to go because then it becomes a competition for resources.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah you get what makes, I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It makes sense. Totally.
2: So they, they tell them, but I think that the males and the females, as much as possible, will stay close to the mother and father to some degree, even if within 100 miles, hmm. you know. I also roughly believe they have about – each family have a roughly a 25-mile square area. That's my guess. And I validate these. Uh, I'll have – I'll go somewhere. I'll either get a gut feeling. I'll be told to go check out a place. 90 t- nine times out of ten, it's a gut feeling, or I just happen to go somewhere and get out and pee, and they'll, they'll do a tree knock. That literally happens to me. On one of the recordings, one of the audio recordings I have uploaded to YouTube, um, I pulled over to a place because I couldn't get to the first family. And This is back after I'd only known the first—you know, I'd only just met the first family—and the uh, they shut the they shut that part of the highway down during the winter because it's just too treacherous. So I went to another part, and uh, I literally was bored, pulled over, um, you know, going through Sasquatch withdrawal and pulled out my recorder and started trying to get spirit voices, because I tend to get a lot of those, too, sometimes. Um, and uh, I actually got one that night where I was at, and the crazy thing is, on the recorder at 153, I hear something moving around me, and I say, I just heard something moving, but right before I say that, you hear a voice on the recorder, and it sounds like, oof. It's like a Sasquatch ghost. <laughs> it's the only way I can explain it.
3: Oh, man. And then...
2: At nine minutes, at nine minutes, um, well, no, it was 8, 8.56 or something on the recorder. I, you hear me sitting there talking to spirit, trying to get voices, because I'm seeing orbs, and I'm kind of feeling things, and I'm standing behind this great big old rock. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I get the loudest power knock I ever got on the recorder. And even on the recording, it was thir- the whole recording was 33 minutes long. I ended up getting eight more knocks. I only, only validated three of them then and there. And each time, and even when I left, I said, "I don't believe it. This is impossible. I don't. I just there's there's no way." I mean, you hear me doubting it through the whole recording. I'm still trying to talk to spirits when I'm after I hear that loudest knock. But then I go home and listen. People, this is why you keep recorders with you, okay? Audio recorders, not not just video. Keep audio recorders because it gets every little detail that those video recorders don't get as far as sound goes. A good audio recorder, like a Tascam, you know. If you're a musician or, you know, you're into sound, radio, whatever, and you know yeah. what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have Zoom, and, hey, four channels.
2: Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, I might be interested in hearing what you guys are using. But uh, <laughs> I just buy the little $100 Tascams, you know, throw the SD card in, and I've got like five or six of them. I take one of those out with me. And, uh, you know, and just uh, I get stuff all the time. But anyways, but, yeah, I, I got that knock, and that was in – That was within nine minutes of me being there, the first time I'd ever stopped there in my life. And then there was another place that I stopped. And I'd been to another spot that I went went to on a gut instinct, and I found them there. I went there, started making noises, doing my thing, and they they started clacking rocks. But they were so far up, and it was like 5,000 feet elevation, and it was so windy and so cold, I was like, screw this. (laughs) So I came back down the mountain. I pulled over to pee near at the bottom of the mountain, and as before my foot hit the ground, my car's still running, lights are still on, I hear whack. And I literally said to myself, you have to be kidding me. And that was family number three. And that's just so the first three families let me know they were there. The fourth family let me know it was there. And uh, families number five and six, they let me know they were there after I told them I already knew they were there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> After I went there and basically said, you know, I can feel you, right? Even if you're not talking to me, right? Cause I can feel them. That's the other thing is I can feel them watching me, especially when they don't know me yet. I can feel them like there's my, all the hair up on me stand up all over my body. And there's no other, nothing else in the world that makes me feel that way except a ghost kind of, but not like, not like a Sasquatch. I've even had the Sasquatch set off an EMF detector before. Um, it made it go to yellow twice in a row.
0: That's that very it. interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting and I was li- for sure.
2: Yeah. And, I, and I was literally within 20, 30 yards of it, so I was still a good ways from it. You know, but I don't, unless it was a ghost that did that, um, but that's the only time that my EMF detector has ever gone off, even in my haunted house. So it just, I found that very odd, you know, to say the least.
0: Now, do you Now, do you think that they, <clears throat> so this is going to take us down this little, this little pathway here on what, on what you think these things really are, because there is definitely then with you a very spiritual side to these things Um, to where they're just not just flesh and blood. I mean, even, even though us, you know, everybody that's flesh and blood, if you believe a certain way, you believe that we're all very spiritual, but these seem to be spiritual to the hundredth, Degree, you know what I'm saying? Uh,
2: yeah, they, um, I'll just put it this way they actually came near my home,
0: so they came I, like looking for you essentially,
2: yeah, yeah. They and I I, 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 I deal with them nightly since we're not giving out full locations, I deal with them nightly.
0: Now, um, do you, and that's because you, you, you are basically an open, uh, Lack of a better term, yeah. portal to where to their. I guess
2: so. I mean, I'm a I'm a pagan Christian preachers, Methodist preacher, son. so I'm just all over the place, kind of when it comes to that stuff. It, it seems like you're all over the place. The truth is, I'm very focused about my spirituality. But yeah, I pray every day. I'm a, a Reiki level three healer. To I'm not a Reiki master. I just want to be clear about that. I didn't. I don't teach people Reiki or anything like that. But um I do use Reiki. Are you familiar with Reiki? It's a Japanese mode. of It's yes. on healing. But Someone, yeah. 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 But um, I use it a lot when I'm going and talking to them. Um, I use it on myself, you know, to kind of cleanse my own energy. And then I, I go and I use it as a communication, way of communication. I call on Archangel
3: Gabriel. You know, the Gabriel, you might know him in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Gabriel has to do with translation and communication. So I call on him to work with me, you know, when I'm talking with these creatures. And I don't know what gets through, and I can't explain the relationship. It's, it's something you have to experience. And if I, if I talk to someone and they just use their logic to try to understand it, they're going to dismiss it. Um, this, this comes from a place of love. It really does. I'm, I'm, I'm going into what you're saying about spirituality. It, it's, they have taught me so much about themselves. and about, They've taught me more about humans than they've taught me about themselves. We are the most arrogant species on the planet, and I'm not trying to put down humans, but we really are. We think we know everything; we don't know anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a surprise. I don't think you just surprised anybody, unless they're too arrogant to realize that, uh, you know, they, they we don't know everything. I mean, I would I would hope most people have at least, at least a little bit of humility to them, you know. But uh, yes, it's exactly. obvious it's obvious quite a few don't. But, uh,
2: but I'm. I'm already to the point of telepathically, best I can, explaining war to them, explaining how power works, um, how fuel works. You know, like I was telling them, OK, you guys, you know, if you're going to be around here, don't don't mess with the power lines. Those are dangerous. Those could kill both of us, <laughs> you know. And and then I explain and they say, why, why? And I explain to him, best I can, you know, well, this we use coal to power these power lines. And then but we have to cut down your trees to run these power lines through them. You know, and I was just explaining how it was all cyclical. You know, and just everything that humans do for power and fuel comes at the expense of nature. Um, and I'm not at all trying to be political or anything like that. It's just a reality we live in. And when you're sitting there explaining them, you know, this to them, or when I'm explaining this to them, it's opening my eyes more to that fact. It's like, whoa,
3: <laughs>
2: everything I'm doing is having impact on their environment. You know, and, and maybe they came closer to me to help help me see that. Um, because now I'm far much more aware, you know, of how, and I, I can't be perfect. None of us can be. Um, and we're all going to make mistakes. But anyways, I just, I think it's important as we go on in life to compete, uh, excuse me, to keep the environment and conservation in mind. And not, not from a political stance, but uh, from an honest stance of just like, you know, I don't want to poison the area that these creatures live in best I can help, you know, best I can do that and it's you know it's in the same thing I don't want to give them certain I'm not going to give them uh, bananas and peanut butter on the same night because I don't want to choke to death you know it's yeah. just it's all out of love you know it's 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 that simple but um anyway um but yeah this is this is kind of my story I just found a new family last night it was family number six um, I literally, I was told by a couple people to stop there and, and, check it out. And I literally pulled off just off the road, went down a little ways down a hiking trail. This isn't complete darkness. I don't use a flashlight unless I have to. And, um, and I, and that's rare. And, uh, I, I turned on my recorder and I just, I had a little, I have what I, it's called a thumb harp, I believe. There's another name for it, but I don't know what it is, but it's basically just this little, Kind of like a tuning, it works like a tuning fork, but you just kind of play it with your thumb. And, uh, it has different notes on it. And I just, I started playing it and then I sang a little song for them and then I started talking to them. And I started getting whoops and knocks and I could hear them talking to each other. And immediately I knew I was like, this family, they, they, uh, it was kind of near a campground. I was thinking this family must be already familiar with humans. You know, if they're being that open to me. Um, but. You know, that was last night's experience. I'd gone to visit another—I'd gone to visit the first family, which is right down the road, and there were too many people there for me to talk to them. That becomes a complication. So if there's people there, I just kind of—I'll click my tongue. When I got there, and I have it on recorder, um, and I got out of the car, within a minute, they threw something that hit the pavement. <laughs>
3: oh, wow.
2: <laughs> And that, well, this was a regular thing last year, and then we were locked out of there for five months because of the uh, being a friend. We were locked out of there for five months um, because of the winter road closures. And and then it's like having to rebuild that relationship again. And I'm having to start with the dominant male again. It was the uh, juvenile that I was always having fun with. I would laugh and joke with him, and he'd throw things at me. Um and, uh, not, and none of it was aggressive. It was just fun, you know. I, I just, you could tell it was fun. Because if they want you to leave or if they don't want to talk to you, they'll either run you off or they won't talk to you, period. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So their actions, a lot of learning their communication is they're in their actions alone by what they do or by what they don't do. You know, so if you go in an area and you can hear them a little bit, and they're not running you off, and you can hear them enough to where you're convinced they can hear you, then, uh, then they probably don't have a problem with you, you know.
3: But uh yeah, I would people s- that
2: want to. I was just gonna say, just these, these people that want to run straight out into the woods with a
3: camera and get as close to them as possible, and get all up in
2: their territory in their face without asking permission or announcing themselves. There's lots of keys to this, and you can really find it in regular uh, human to non-human primate communication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another, uh, Jane Jane Goodall and Diane Fossey used to have to announce themselves when, when they came and went from the forest, you know, and I have to do the same thing. And if I don't, a lot of times they'll whoop at me. Mm. Uh, so if I go out in my backyard at night, I have to whoop.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, Jesus.
2: <geez. laughs> my tongue or something, you know.
0: Now have you – so so they're putting thoughts – and images and pictures into your head, then, is their way of... I,
2: I got I have a story about that.
0: Okay. Um, real quick.
2: It, so, if you hold on to what you're, you got there. This is a quick story. Um, I was actually sitting on the porch one night, and I was talking to the dominant male that's near my home. And um, I said, uh, or, uh, oh, yeah, I was going to walk up into the area and take a recorder because I really wanted to get his chatter up close. Um, problem is they have a natural instinct to run away from you when you get up close to them, <laughs> even if they like you. You know, it's just they can't override that natural instinct to distrust and get away from humans, you know. um, But anyway, I was real nervous about it. I was scared, you know. I didn't know what would, exactly what would happen. And uh, I was kind of explaining that to him in, in my mind. And I felt him say to me, this was one of the times they got me, I felt him say to me, he said, when I came to live here, before I came to live here near you, I did not think it was a good idea at all. But something in my gut told me to. And he said, I trusted that in my gut. And he said, the same trust that I came here with to live near you is the same kind of trust you're going to have to use to walk up in the woods near me. Ooh. And when that. Yeah, yeah that was like that, that. And that's that's the way spirits work with me. When they're teaching me lessons, that's how they talk to you. Then you get a revelation. You know what I'm talking
3: about? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That epiphany. And you're just like, oh, shit, that's that's this is real. He's talking to me, you know, and and, uh, so I've just, I've gone with it like that ever since. And I've had another family, you know, I'm I'm, I'm big on uh, working towards getting them classified and protected at some point. I kind of got to get their permission to do it. I had another family telepathically, uh, the male, excuse me, telepathically communicate to me. I was telling him this and he said, you know, we really don't need your help is what he said. But he wasn't being a dick. He was just saying, we really don't need your help. And then another, another night I was there, I was real nervous because I was scared of other wild animals. and Because I'm I'm always exposing myself to these dangers out there. My friends literally think I'm insane to do this. And uh, I felt the male up there say to me at that same place, said to me, we want you to feel safe here. And when he said that, I was like, wow. And I actually took a friend up there the other night, and they were very open and friendly, and even let their baby come down and talk to my friend. Um, And we had stuff thrown at us. We were hearing the chimp chatter that... And then uh, there, was one, there, was a, there was a fourth one that we, I didn't know about until the other night when I took my friend there. And he sat up on the ridge and watched us with a chimp because we could hear the mother and father way up the ridge behind the other two. And this one, the fourth one, I, I asked about 15 questions in a row, and I asked some crazy questions. I said, do you know what angels are? Do you know what the Kabbalah is? Weird stuff. And I don't you know, know that they really know what I'm saying. But either way, the thing responded to me. I, I think we counted 11 out of 15 times. And it was with these low thuds that I kept looking at my friend saying, dude, are you, are your feet hitting the pavement? Are you stomping on the pavement every time I ask a question? He's like, no, man, I'm standing still. And I watched him and he was, you know, and he, he asked me once if I was doing that, but it was very strange, but I got all that on recorder too. Um, so it was just that was a very unique experience. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on there, but I can tell you this much: even if you don't understand what the other is saying, if you're talking back and forth, it's still communication. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And there's and there's no other animal in the world that's going to do that with you besides a primate like that, unless it's unless it's trained somehow or something like that. You know, I'm sure you can get a dog to bark back and forth with you. But there's no other animal that that, not, that that has those specific sound traits as far as knocks, whoops. Knocks, whoops, clicking, you know, or uh, like, I think those are the main things. Knocks, whoops, and clicking, or the chatter, the the talking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, those are synonymous with these creatures, and they're also synonymous. I don't know about the the so much the talking, but the, the knocks, the whoops, and the chatter are definitely synonymous with chimpanzees, um, somewhat to gorillas, and somewhat to orangutans. You know. And 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 then of course it extends out to other monkeys as well. Um I'm just trying to keep it in the great ape range as much as possible. But I think they have characteristics of all the great apes. I don't I don't think they're just this one. And it, it, it could be, you know, some some people that get DNA come back with chimp DNA. What was that show Expedition Bigfoot recently found chimp DNA in West Virginia or Kentucky or somewhere?
0: I believe it yeah, um, in Kentucky. Is where they were.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they, so <laughs> they did that. And other places, other places have come back with a like uh, some kind of gorilla DNA or something like that. So I think we're dealing with several different species of sasquatches, and also think they may there may be some that are combinations. I mean, if they're in a breeding, you know, which is not likely.
0: Well, um, have, so you, at... have you been able Sorry. to have you been able to like ask that? I mean, or is that something you haven't broached that subject?
2: Can it's it, it's hard to get a. Like, I asked him how they disappear. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs>
2: My friend kept saying, you need to ask him how they disappear. And the answer that he gave me is, is something that I, I can't really understand. It's It was, I, I mean, I can tell you what he said, and it's not something he said. It was an image he sent to me. but It was basically just that their bodies, their cellular structure is made up of matter that is not like ours. So they can come and go somehow, and I don't really know how to put that into words. I don't understand physics. If I, I bet, if I understood physics, then I would have some better understanding, you know, to put into words what he's saying or what he said to me. But basically, what he said to me is what we already know. <laughs> you know, it's just so. It, it
1: just are they actually leaving when they when they leave? Did they you get the impression they're actually leaving, or are they able to just cloak themselves uh, I, I believe- really well?
2: I believe they can do both. I mm-hmm. believe they have portals they can travel. Okay. Um, I believe there's a there's because I've had a portal in the back of my property for I don't know how long, and I don't know how else they got here. I mean, I've been trying to figure it out, and I just it doesn't make sense to me because the places where the other families are is, is, is the, the closest one's 20, 25 miles away.
0: Wow. You know. Yeah. So it it just it I don't I don't get it. Uh, Now, do they they actually I mean have they actually shown themselves to you or does it Um,
2: I've only seen a silhouette of one at the family number one and that was last year and I was getting ready to leave and I turned my lights on and I was pulling out of the pull pull off area and I saw a and it was one of those situations where I actually saw it and then I kept going and I stopped and I was like wait a minute (laughs) you know (laughs) it was a a black, it was just all I saw was a silhouette, mm-hmm. and it had bluish-white eye shine. It was around set. it was sitting standing next to a tree on the edge of the forest, and it was uh, just below, just where the ridge starts going down. And it was about seven foot tall, um, and it looked humanoid. You know, it had that humanoid shape to it. It looked like a tall, scraggly, kind of skinny Sasquatch. And it was in an area where we figured there might be a female. Um, like a, 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 a juvenile female or, you know, one that's getting ready to leave the nest anyway. Mm. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's theory, but I did see, yes, I did see the silhouette. Uh, I did see the bluish white eye shine, which I actually at this point think might've just been my led car lights reflecting in its eyes. And I felt like it was standing there for me to see it. But as soon as I stopped and looked back, of course it was gone, mm. you know, but that. That's all I've seen, and I will absolutely confess that. But I've got recordings of uh, audio, inexplicable audio, from (laughs) every night of my life since August second, pretty much. So, and I've actually I've had it analyzed, you know, with other researchers in other parts of the state. Uh, If I'm working with a guy that um, I'm working with a guy that worked with a guy that was on finding Bigfoot. you know, on the show, not not one that works with the show regularly, but who was featured on the show, uh, whose story was featured on the show on one of the episodes, but I don't want to say which one. But um, anyways, he's a sound guy, and this guy also is a musician that plays at the Grand Old Opry sometimes, so he's a really good sound guy. Really? But, um, it, in his spare time, he likes to go squatching, um, but he, uh, he'll he do the sound audio for me, which is basically he'll just run the audio against a screen that pulls up all the frequencies. And you can use this kind of digital analysis to uh, decide if something is valid or not, you know, or to tell if something's human or, or whatnot, you know. And, and and people don't give enough validity to sound digital analysis. It just, it's everybody wants to go to video, and it's getting to where you can fake a video better than you can fake uh, audio.
0: Yeah, it know? seems. It seems to me with some of the people I've seen analyze uh, audio, it would be almost impossible to fake. Exactly. Audio.
2: It, it would, and, and that's what I'm saying. So I'm trying to get primatologists to look at that, but all I'm like, oh, I want a picture. I want a... I mean, everybody's instant gratification these days. And I want to tell you right now, I do not use cameras. I say I don't. I use cameras to, to go back and take pictures of tree structures during the day to validate the families. And then in being a horticulturist, I can look at a tree and tell you know why I fell. Um, but I do use one trail cam. I set it up in one particular area on my property, and I let the male know every night what I'm doing, and I set it up in the same place, in the same direction, and so that he has the option to come and have his picture taken if he wants to. Um, and I know that sounds crazy. You're like, oh well, he's never going to do it now. I'm like, well, I've gotten this far with him, so <laughs>
0: you know. So, so I wonder because, <clears throat> okay, so if they can you know, there's, just for lack of a better term, a telepathic connection, okay? And so they have the ability to read people's thoughts and stuff. And maybe they can read people's thoughts that the people aren't aware that they're having their thoughts read.
2: In, it, intentions, yeah. Yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah, maybe that's why you can't catch anybody, any of these creatures on a trail cam because even though... That's a great point. Somebody's out there setting up a trail cam, thinking I'm gonna, and the Bigfoots in the background going, "Ah, I, I know what you're up to," and I, you know, yeah, I'm oh not, yeah, it's not oh, gonna they,
2: work. It's not gonna work. They, uh, they've, I've been in the backyard and and pulled out my cell phone to answer a text or something, and they throw little sticks at me. That's happened four times. Um, and that's just normal. And that, it's at other places I go, you pull out a screen, sometimes they'll start throwing stuff at you, little stuff. It's all communication.
0: It, put it, that away. It's just one. It's yep. it's wonder how they. How, I mean, how they understand what all that stuff is and what it stands for and what it means, which makes you think that they are do come from maybe a place or a plane that's a, you know that they are a higher intelligence and have an understanding. Well, let's
2: let's let's look at it this way. What if the only difference? um What if the main difference between us and known primates, known non-human primates, is not um, as much genetics. It's not, Excuse me. The difference in our behavior is not as much genetics, but environment. Hmm. Yeah. How much more would we be alike if we were raised the same? Because you know you have to show... When they rehabilitate uh, orangutans that have been taken from the pet trade, when they re- rehabilitate the baby orangutans to get back into the wild because their mothers have been killed, mm-hmm. they have to show them how to do everything. They have to show them how to hunt for termites. They have to show them all the things, you know, how to, how to get coconuts and bust them open. They have to show them all these things that their mother would have taught them. Right. You know, so they, they learn by showing, and we're the same way. We're the same way. I mean, we share fifty percent what DNA with a banana. So it, a small, small s- difference in DNA is just all, it, all maybe all it amounts to is a bigger difference in strength and you know physical features, but not so much behavior.
0: Hmm. So um, you, so you're definitely of the camp then that you believe these creatures are from the primate family, and just. Or somewhere Uh-oh. between primates and humans, or you know, what well, means-
2: there's 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 par- there's too many paranormal factors here. First of all, nearly every place they end up is haunted, and some of the places, a lot of places, have UFOs activity. So mm-hmm. there's other stuff going on. But what I try to do is I try to approach it from a human scientific point of view and from a paranormal point of view, but try to keep the two a little bit separate. You know, not uh-huh. not giving more uh, uh, credit to one or the other. Um, but just trying to stay grounded so that, that when it comes time to try to get these creatures classified, that, you know, I'll still have some credit left. <laughs> Which I don't know if I will after this interview, but I'll.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is fascinating. I, I love the fact of how you you acknowledge all the different ways that they communicate with us, whether we re, we realize it or not, they're they're communicating with us. And it's like. Well, and- mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the fact that like how, how they throw things to, to, to get our attention oh, yeah. or, or things like that. Because think about it, They're not just trying to be aggressive and throw things like how, say, humans exactly. do. They are communicating exactly. with you because these things are powerful. If they wanted to be aggressive yeah. and hit us with exactly. something, they could take something mm-hmm. 45, 50 pounds and, 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 and with dead accuracy, chuck hit it. it right in the head, chuck it, and we're done. So they're obviously not trying to do that. It's just another form of communication.
2: Yeah. They're saying, I like these humans and I don't like these humans.
1: Right. Exactly. Or i like this behavior or I don't like this behavior.
3: Exactly. Stop.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. And a lot of time what they do is they match uh, their intensity with what you've done. So Mm -hmm. if I do something that's small and offensive to them, like pulling out of my cell phone, you know, they'll throw a little stick at me Mm -hmm. one night one night I was hearing a bunch of noises around me when I was still getting used to them at the first family. And I turned on my big bright mag light flashlight and shined it up in the woods. And I heard a loud tree knock, (laughs) you know, like cut that out. Exactly.
3: And I I, I didn't hear anything else. Right.
2: Yeah. And and once, once I cut it out, I didn't hear anything like that anymore. It got quieter.
1: Yeah. Now that is, that right there is communication in its basic form right there.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and he, well, the announcements are too. I mean, when you, you know, when they, like last night when I showed up, and yep. I got out of the car and then they threw something.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: That's, that's them saying, hey, we're here. It's your turn. So I, I couldn't do much because of the people there. So I just cl- I click my tongue a lot at them. I go, mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll look and I'll click my tongue and look. There's cars coming and I want to warn them. I'll say, and now they may see the car before I do, but mm-hmm. I do it anyways. I want to show that I'm a part of their troop, even if from a distance. Exactly. I want to show them they can trust me.
1: Exactly. Know, that's, that's like a, res- a respectful gesture.
2: Exactly. And, and and for me, all of this is about building relationships with these creatures. If it, it, the end purpose of this is just me being happy on a hill with a Sasquatch family near me and talking to them every night, which I absolutely love. Um, it, yeah, that's okay with me. Um, if, if we can get them classified, that's what I'm really going for, but yeah. I want, I want the relationship though. And, and even if I don't get the classification, I want the bond, yeah. you know, if, if whatever God or love or whatever wants in this situation is what I want, but I definitely want to have that bond because I'm going to tell you right now, I think their bonds are for life. Once they make a bond with a human, um, mm-hmm. I've heard stories and, and it feels that way. And I'm finding more loyalty in these creatures than I am humans. Granted, humans have lives, and I'm not trying to put down humans compared to Sasquatches. So much as far as that goes, but I'm just—that's one thing I've noticed. Is I'm getting older. I don't have—I have a lot of friends, but um, people are getting more involved in their own lives. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have any kids, and these are kind of filling a void for me, I guess. Right. You know, um, I'm, I'm close to my family, but we're far away. They live several states away from me, or a few states away from me. So is very important to me and being a loner for the most part anyways it's very important to me I mean that's how I found them was going out into the woods alone
0: I think, I think it's odd that you say that you're a loner when it seems like you are have been surrounded by spirit spirits non-stop yeah'm not a little kid
2: <laughs> I've, I've always said those are closer to me than most humans really oh, and, and that's just the way it is and it's it, I'm constantly talking to them too, and if I told you some of that, I've had some spirits that
1: were well known around me. yeah, I often um, wonder, uh I think you're just more susceptible you're I mean, you're more uh, shall we say open, yeah, susceptible yes, yeah yes. you you're you can um, understand a lot of people, you know, they're kind of closed down and and they may you know they may be trying to be uh communicating with spirits or anything like that, but if if they can't receive it, well then, they don't even know. Or you, you, you've developed, yeah. or you've always had this receptibility, which so you notice a lot of things. I, I think that's great.
2: Yeah, insight. It's just, it's just intuitive insight. Really, is all it is. In the long run, I think, and I think a lot of people have it. They're just not, you know, like you said, they're just not in tune with it.
3: Right. And part of getting in tune
2: with it's just going back out into the woods at night, turning your damn phone off, turning the TV off, you know, and just being quiet for a yeah. while. Yeah. And you know, you never know what'll show up near you because yeah. you, you would, you know, like I, I don't want to, I don't know that like attracts like all the time. I think that's kind of a bum, uh, you know, new age comment. But I, there is some truth to that, you know. And I think if you go out there and you put your good energy out there, you never know what'll come back to you. Right. From the woods. Right. You know, for those that are interested, some other people are probably like, "I'm not going
3: out in the woods doing all
0: that." Yeah, exactly. You know, I uh, know how you feel. I'm not going out in the woods. And the first thing, time these guys drag me out in the woods. I experienced something, so <laughs> I think well, you what go. you just yeah. said is total malarkey. Because I didn't want to put that energy out there. I didn't want it yeah. to get.
1: It. Well, when it's, you saw yeah, the yeah, red yeah. eyes that time, uh, I was a little upset. That I didn't get to see that. Yeah, you should have well, called me over there.
0: Yeah, don't be. Don't be. Don't I know. was in the
1: woods with this guy the same night on a different party. We had we were our group was large, so we had like three different small parties. And then he doesn't yeah. tell me about this till afterwards, where I know I was close to him. I was probably within 50 yards away. He could have got a hold of me somehow, so I could have experienced that too.
0: I saved yeah, you, yeah. trust me. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, I wanted to. You, you touched on the UFO aspect of this and yeah. where you're going, you know, is a hot spot for seeing lights and stuff. So, so what is yeah. what is your experience out there with that, and how do you think it well, correlates? Well, I actually
2: it? I actually saw two lights in the sky above my house that I can't explain in the last two nights. Um, and that's unusual. I don't usually see stuff out here. I, I have seen I've seen what I believe was a straight up drone one night, and then I believe I saw a military drone fly. I live in a, a cove, you know, so it's surrounded by mountains and there's farms out here and stuff. There's lots of woods too. But um, I saw what I believe was a military drone one night because it was like black and it was about. It flew very low and I saw it from about 150 yards away, mm-hmm. and it was about. It looked it looked like it was 10 to 12 feet long, and it had red lights on it on each corner of it. I have never seen anything like that in my life, never. And they do do military exercises over our over these mountains, so you know that's highly probable. Highly probable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would have been a like, um, fascinating uh, sighting right there.
2: Yeah, it was. I, I you know, it's something I don't think about a whole lot just because I kinda of relate it to man, but um I really don't know what it was. But I I, I would, you know, if I had to throw it in a category I'd say it was military. It had mm. to be. Um but it just flew over, you know, my neighbor's farm and flew out and then last night, well the night before last I saw what looked like a star mm-hmm. in the sky, I just looked up brighter and then disappeared. And that's not the first time I've seen something like that. It was the first time I've seen something like that here. And then last night I saw what I thought was a shooting star. And then after I thought about it, I was like, "Damn, that thing was going way too fast to be a shooting star." And because I've seen several, you know, when you're out in the woods all night, you you know satellites, mm-hmm. you know yeah. planes, you know helicopters, you know mm-hmm. that just because you see a light sitting still in the sky, that doesn't mean it's anything. It could be a plane that's coming towards you or flying away. Because you've been out there long enough to know that know better you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah but um you have to sit there and really watch it but you know but um but yeah this whatever i saw last night just darted i mean it was went so fast in the western sky and it was gone and it, it just it, i just i couldn't categorize it as a meteorite or a shooting star or anything i don't know what it was and, and you know my life is so full of things that aren't supposed to even be that I just I kind of just take it with a grain of salt nowadays, and you know, take another puff off the cigarette. I don't. <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just like okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if aliens showed up tomorrow and took over the world or something like that. Or if you know, I've a uh, uh the Sasquatches watch TV at my house. Um, I, I put the put the TV on, and, and they'll go and sit from where they can see it. They're they're still like you know seventy five, eighty five yards away. This is a big screen, so they can see it. Um And I, I played Planet of the Apes for him the other night
3: <laughs> I before I started. <laughs> now, don't you go
2: getting any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I have to explain the difference between a movie and real, you know. But I think they know. I had a feeling he he gets the idea. I don't know that the younger one does, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he probably has explained it to you. But I told him to explain it to the younger one, you know. But um. But yeah, that, that was an interesting reaction from them. Though they were, it was a good recording that night. I'll say that much. They were, they were whooping and knocking and and enjoying it, you know.
0: So, so um, what is your what is your impression of how long these these being you know these things have been around?
2: Um, you mean on this planet, or just around me, or what?
0: On this planet, like, how, like, oh. yeah. I mean,
2: oh, if, um, I, I, I would just go back to all native stories, you know, and, and all the native stories from around the world. When I say native, I don't mean just America. I mean, all around the world and, and hit a nose. There's the Yowie in Australia. The, was it, is it urine in China? Wild yeah. man or urine? Or yeah. Like that. Also, yeah. Um, the Amisty in Russia, you know, and there, there's, there's, there's something almost everywhere. Um, and of course, you know, America alone has, a. Gosh, we have what? How many different climates here in this country? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh,
0: gosh, Quite yeah. a few, yeah. and,
2: and and we have one in. I think we have one in every climate,
0: don't we? Well, Ohio has a different climate every 15 minutes. So, <laughs> yes, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just,
3: but yeah, funny, I, I, I know exactly
0: what you're saying. There's, you know, when you go no. from the, you know, what the skunk ape running around in Florida to what's Florida, yeah, yeah, in the Pacific Northwest to you know, here in Ohio to where you guys are. And then you got Texas uh, and everywhere you go everywhere in between there's, there's sightings and of these being of these, uh, creatures, you know, and they're all yeah. in native, native folklore. So. Yeah,
2: they are. And, and I want to say that I think they all came from the Pacific, they probably did the Bering Strait thing and then came from the Pacific Northwest, you know, the land bridge and the Pacific Northwest. And then, Migrated out from there is my guess, but you don't really know how long they've been here because, you know, natives, natives tend to uh, know about things and not always talk about them.
1: Right. But considering uh, they've showed up in so many different uh, native folklore and uh, folklore of, of, of other past nations, it kind of makes me believe that they've been around for a long time.
2: I'll go back. I'll go. Well, let's say that they've been as far, they've been here since before the settlers came.
1: Yes. How about that? Yeah, I agree with that. We, we know that. And it has probably to be, in, right? And, <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, and I mean, logically, probably as far back as Gigantopithecus.
1: Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, that's definitely and, a good theory.
2: And now what I'm thinking is, is that the Sasquatches we're seeing now in the different species are all Gigantopithecus, but it could be a mix of Gigantopithecus and Chimpanzee, or it could be Gigantopithecus Gorilla, or it could be Gigantopithecus Orangutan. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
0: Yep. Or, yep. or a Homo or, yes. sapien.
2: Oh well. That oh yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, right. the home that would be in there too. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But, and you yeah. also have these devil monkeys. Um, these devil monkeys. Uh, I have a friend that saw one, and what he described was not anything like a Sasquatch. It was basically a six foot white baboon with black eyes in the middle of the road eating roadkill. Where was that at? <laughs> um. Well, that was in this state. That was in the state I'm in, North Carolina, too. Um. It was about probably about an hour or so from where i'm at now
0: you know but, uh, I, I it, was rag,
2: a, it was on a dirt road
0: i, I, know, r- I rag on before. uh i rag on west virginia and bo kennedy there from the bump podcast about all the crazy yeah. stuff i think north carolina is going to come in a close second when you start talking about six foot white baboon um, <laughs> look
2: at this yeah, well we also have a <laughs> we have what either may i don't know if it was a dog man or the dog face baboons but in eastern north carolina um A friend of uh, one of the researchers I'm talking to, his dad's a cop. His dad's a sheriff. And he had a friend that's a sheriff. Um, And his friend uh, responded to a fight call out in the woods one night. And he pulled up on what looked like three guys fighting. And then he turned on his his main spotlight on top of the car. And it was three Sasquatches fighting. And it was one big one and two little ones. And they were all dog-faced is what he said. And they all stopped fighting each other and started walking towards the car. And so he just got out of there.
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs>
3: can't say I blame him. I'd dude. love
2: to see, I'd love to see that police report. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Are
1: they already pissed yeah. off. Yeah, I think I'd. Have yeah, done the three same. guys
2: fighting. Uh, can't get any backup. I'm out of here. Good night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> three hairy guys. You know.
3: Yep. But uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> that was about it. But um, but yeah, it's it's. There's so many theories to this, and that's all we're going to do is play with theories until we get some DNA. I do want to present this idea before guys close out the interview. Instead of us hunting a Sasquatch, why don't we try when we when we know there's Sasquatches in an area? Why don't we try to um, set up wildlife rehabilitation centers, um, not necessarily for the Sasquatch, but set up already already established wildlife rehabilitation centers and veterinarians. Uh, in case there's a medical emergency, because here's the deal. I don't care how magical these creatures are. Sasquatches do get shot, and they do get hit by cars sometimes. And they're in a physical realm, and the more they're the more they going to grow in population, the more uh, run-ins they're going to have with humans, the more they're going to have the same exact problems that all the known primates that are classified that I'm studying right now are having with conservation as far as habitat loss, um, pet trade could be a possibility at some point, because you know how crazy humans are uh Bush meat, um I mean, you name it. You know, I, I believe they could be facing all these issues, but at this point, they would be facing them without classification. They're already facing habitat loss. Yep. Um, you know that that's that's already a given and and maybe that's why they're down here near me. Now, is maybe that's that's a sign that I need to see that they're starting to spread that their populations are growing and and we're encroaching. At this point, so I figure even if we can't get them classified, we're going to need humans that can mediate between uh, them and other humans. Um, Because some humans just don't want to learn how to talk to primates, (laughs) non human primates, you know? Right. And that's just the way it is. So, for whatever reason, they could be aliens that chose, you know, this non human primate body that they're in um, as a vessel. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe because it's ability to evolve. I don't know. You know, but um, anyways, I'll try to learn these things as I go, and maybe by the time you have me on again, I'll have all the answers.
1: That will be fantastic. <laughs> well, I
0: tell you what, the first person with all the answers on this subject is the grand prize winner for sure because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's the one thing that the, the more people that we talk, talk to that are, you know, investigate this and do research they don't yeah, have yeah, any answers for- there are no answers you know so it's yeah it's kind of Well, do
2: you have a, a i have a lot of theories if you got a runner-up prize but uh... sorry <laughs> 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 right, go ahead
0: no well hey i listen this is a great this is this is great listening to this i mean oh, because absolutely. um obviously you have some some great experiences out there and i i, I mean i i Jason and I are encouraging you to keep doing this research because, um, I don't want him to drag me out there to try to do it. But, <laughs> I, I, I,
2: but yeah, I can report you,
1: back with us uh, every so often to yeah, give I us some you, updates. Oh,
2: yeah, I can, yeah. And, uh, I mean, heck, if, if one of you guys happen to come down or something, I, I might be happy to take you out with me and, and show you.
3: That'd be fantastic. Not,
0: you mean when Jason comes I'm down? A, Cause yeah, I'm,
3: yeah,
2: I'm a I'm gonna tell you though the, uh, the the real threats are not the Sasquatches. It's the it's the boars, the bears, the humans that you gotta watch out for. I you
0: know? I, I think that's just in life in general, right? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. the real enemy's not Sasquatch. It's everybody else. No, he's not. It's a, I
2: mean, and if you if you watch videos on unknown primates, they're mostly docile creatures. You know, chimpanzees are the most violent, but they're they even most of the time they're you know, you only see the video it's like only bad news makes the news.
3: True. <laughs> you know true.
2: what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean that's just that's just reality. Um, only bad news sells. So Amen. But anyway, I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Is there any other questions you might have had that, that uh, I didn't cover or, and I know I'm bunny trailed off and I apologize for
1: that. Oh ah, no, we <laughs> enjoyed
0: it. That's okay. It's very that's informative. A, well I hey listen, I encourage all of our listeners. If you do have some questions for Jonathan after you listen to this episode, get a hold of us and we'll pass them to him. And maybe we can do a uh, another like a little live interview.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll do it on Facebook.
0: Fe- yeah, do it on, on, do a little Facebook uh, live over the phone, you know, just some, some audio or something and uh, ask some questions. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you want, do you want me to tell you have time for one short five minute story before, or two minute story?
3: Sure, sure, sure.
2: Okay. One night I was up at the first family, and I just want to give you a little bit of their behavior. Uh, one night I was at the first family, and um, uh, I pulled in, and there was a car parked in my spot, my normal. Well, I call it my spot because, you know, I've been parking there for so long. And it was backed in, and the way it was backed in, it was shining its lights over the whole parking lot. It wasn't actually shining its lights towards the uh, the view, the overlook. And uh, it was shining its lights over the whole parking lot. And it had its brights on. And so I pulled in, and I looked at them, and I just kind of signaled to them, could you turn your brights off? You know, I, don't, I didn't really care if they left the regular lights on, but just turn your brights off at least. And they didn't do anything. So I, turned, I pulled out my big flashlight, and I stuck it under my arm, and I turned it on and just leaned on my car and had it shining right on their eyes <laughs> and, uh, and just left it there. And it took about 30 seconds before I heard a loud crack behind their car. And I put my, I turned my flashlight off, put it away. And I looked at them and gave them the biggest, smuggest smile I could. And I heard another loud crack and they jetted out of there. And I went over there and got in their spot and talked to my friend. <laughs> oh
3: my God.
2: I, I just wanted to share that, but I've had about five experiences like that. Another one real quick, these five boys pulled up there one night. This is a place where teenagers come and get high and stuff like that. You know, smoke pot or whatever or drink sometimes. But, uh, these kids, these five kids, five guys pulled up. They were all, I'm, I'm a good-sized guy. I'm, I'm 5'10", 190 pounds, weightlifter, you know, strong guy. And, and But these were all bigger kids than me. And they were all sitting there talking about how tough they were. They were in a circle talking about how tough they were, how many fights they have been in. And there was one of was talking more than the others. Man, he was just going on and on. These guys talked for 30 minutes. And then I finally heard one of the Sasquatches. And went, get this, all the Sasquatch did was move. It just walked. It just walked a little bit. And that guy that was running his mouth the most said, All right, guys, it's time to go. And then they all jumped in the car and left. And that's exactly it. And I'm sitting there with her, I'm standing there with the recorder, like, What the hell just happened? You know, laughing my ass off at these guys. But anyway.
0: So those that's, guys are kind of normal there. Those guys aren't in tune with nature, like, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're only as tough as they think they are. <laughs> uh I don't think anybody I don't think anybody out in that uh is as tough as they think they are, you know. So I No, there. even
2: me even me. It's I I have, you know, I have to walk out there with a humble heart and you know that I can get chased out of the woods too, so you know. <laughs>
0: Well, it hey, thank you, you thank you so much for uh, for coming on and, and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get some good, good feedback from this, and uh, we enjoyed having you on and 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 kind of opening our eyes to a little bit different angle uh, of this. You know, so, yeah,
1: very informative, yeah, yeah. Jonathan. Very informative.
0: Yeah. Oh
2: so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't. They're not to me. They're not monsters at all. Um, humans. You know, got to, We got we got them beat by far. Humans. Let's put it this: humans are far more unpredictable than Sasquatches. And, uh, and you uh, can you can you can try that time and time again.
0: No, uh-huh. you know. Well, I think we could put that on a t-shirt. Yeah,
2: that would be yeah. a good T-shirt. <laughs> a do it, stuff. do it, and put it for your podcast. I don't oh, need any yeah. money. Just send me a couple of shirts. Yeah, but I want it. a hoodie. I want a hoodie if you make them.
1: <laughs> we'll make sure we get one printed up for you, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> Definitely. All right. All right. Well, well, you guys stay in touch with me. I'll stay in touch with you. It's Shane and Jason, right? Shane, yes. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. So, All right. So, All right. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate yep, it.
0: We appreciate
1: guys. you coming on. Thank Bye. you. Have a good day. Bye. Yep. Bye. You too, brother. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out.